Welcome to episode seven of the Many Parts One Love podcast. This is our premium podcast for members of the Interior Therapist Community, the ITC. It's especially for those in our advanced preparation for transcendence groups. And today we are discussing parts and their God images. So let's start right out with the definition here. What are God images? God images. So my God image is my emotional and subjective experience of God. It's who I feel God to be in the moment. Now, this may or may not correspond to who God really is. My God image is really what I feel about God in my bones in the moment. This is my experiential sense of how my feelings and how my heart interprets God. So these God images, they're often unconscious. They can operate outside of our conscious awareness. God images are shaped initially by the relationships that I have with my parents. My God images are heavily influenced by psychological factors, emotional factors, and different God images can be activated at different times. That's really, really important that we don't just have one God image. We have multiple God images. Now, remember, these God images are always formed experientially. They flow from our relational experiences And they also are created from how we construe and make sense of those relational experiences when we are very young, but also when we're older. So what I want to tell you, and this is the really critical thing to get out of this, is that our parts each have at least one image of God. Many of our parts have very powerful and intense reactions to God. And every part of us that is not in right relationship with the self is going to have a distorted God image. We, we briefly addressed this in episode three of the Many Parts One Love podcast. We're going to go into it with a lot more depth today. So if a part is not in right relationship with the self, it's going to have a distorted God image. Just a quick review of what a right relationship with the self is. It means neither blended. Okay, so we don't want the part to be fused with the self nor exiled, right, cut off, blocked by other parts, right? So there has to be, in a right relationship between a part and the self, there has to be this possibility for connection and communication. Now, that doesn't mean that the part has to be actively communicating because it might just be resting or it might be just be kind of doing its own thing. But the possibility of connecting, the possibility of communicating with the self in the moment has to be there. So when a part is not in right relationship with the self, inevitably there are going to be distorted ideas of God drawn from that part's narrow slice of experience and how it interpreted that experience, how it construed that experience. So parts, remember, are often phenomenologically very young. They use patterns of thinking that are very childlike. They generalize from authority figures and parent figures, and they take those generalizations and attribute them to God. And normal attachment injuries in good families corrupt and distort God images. No parents can dis- no parents can escape this. We've talked about this before. God has a plan for this. So I want to give you a quick example. This is from a member of the Resilient Catholics community, our sister community in Souls and Hearts. And this RCC member described how day after day at daily mass, 
she found that she was sort of blanking out or going absent during the Mass from the preface to the Our Father. All right, so during that whole period, during the Eucharistic prayers, she just noticed that her mind was wandering, she was not attending to what was going on, and she found it curious. She got curious about that and decided to check in with her parts about what was happening during Mass, during especially the consecration, because she couldn't remember the consecration from all these Masses she went to. And what she found is that there was a very young part that said, if I see Jesus, then Jesus will see me. And if Jesus sees me, he will reject me. Remember how I said that these parts can have very young ways of interpreting things? Have you ever been with a little child at about 18 months old who believes that if she covers up her eyes, you can't see her? Right? If she covers up her own eyes, then you can't see her. She, she can't generalize outside of her own experience to the experience of somebody else. She doesn't have that cognitive maturity yet. And that's what this little part was doing. This part believed that if the RCC member looked away from the, you know, at the consecration, God would not see her. Right? Protecting against shame, protecting against some deep wounds. And so... Our parts are like this. You can see that part of that RCC member had this negative God image, that the sense that God would reject her. So each part has a God image, right? And parts learn via experience. They learn from how they interpret their experiences. And these spiritual inferences can be markedly different from what God has revealed himself to be, from who God has revealed himself to be, through the Catholic Church. Parts may be very afraid of God, very angry at God, very disappointed with God, very disinterested in God. And there are so many reasons why parts can refuse to connect with God that so many so many reasons why parts want to avoid God or set limits around how far God can approach, all those kinds of things. Parts may be very afraid of God. Parts might be really angry at God, raging at God. Parts might be very disappointed with God. Parts may be just disconnected with God. They may just have this attitude of, I'm done with God, right? Because of how they're interpreting God to be. They're looking at their experience. They're looking at how they've made sense of their experience. They're, they're, they've cast God into a particular role in their story. And they assume that's how God actually is. Given their limited experience, given their lack of perspective, parts, especially those parts, obviously, that are disconnected from the self, that are not in right relationship with the self, they need the experience of being loved and cared for by the self. And they need to be able to trust the self often to help them reconnect with God. Parts often see other parts as evil, as harmful. Uh, parts often condemn other parts in various ways, especially our standard bearers or our critics who claim to have a certain authority from God or who invoke scripture, who invoke church teaching. This can lead to, again, complicating God images for other parts. Right? And so we're supposed to love ourselves. We're supposed to connect with ourselves. We're supposed to have mercy on ourselves. And we're going to be doing a little exercise here to help us understand what our God images are. But before I do that, 
I just want to run through how parts can see God. There are 14 negative God images that Bill and Christy Gaultier in their 1989 book, Mistaken Identity, have identified. And I covered these in depth in episodes 23 to 29 of the Interior Integration for Catholics podcast. Back then, we called it the Coronavirus Crisis Carpe Diem podcast. But I laid all these out. I didn't discuss them in terms of parts, but I did discuss these these God images, these problematic God images in a lot of depth. It was an important series, a very popular series within the IIC, that series on God images. So I'm just going to name these just to get us kind of primed for them. The preoccupied managing director God. So the God image here is God's very busy, no time or energy to relate to me and my problems. He cares, but he allocates resources to those most in need. And I'm not a part that God cares much about. And the self-image that this part can have, this image of who the part is, is I'm not important enough, I'm not worthy enough for God's care, and God cannot be bothered with my relatively insignificant concerns. That's the, that's the way the part looks at, him, at himself or herself. Statue God. The God image is remote, distant, unfeeling, cold, indifferent, disengaged. God leaves me to my own devices. He just doesn't care. And the self-image is that the part has is that God's not going to help. He doesn't want to help me. I have to manage on my own because God doesn't care. Therefore, I'm not going to try to engage with God because it's not going to make any difference. That's the attitude that the part has. Very common among certain types of manager parts. Third one, robber God. The God image here is God robs me of good things. He, pre- he prevents me from having good things. God is a thief who takes cherished possessions and relationships away from me. He deprives me of the things that I need. And this is all about making me a better Christian, all this deprivation, all the sacrifice. Right? God's unjust. He's stingy. He's jealous. That's the God image of the robber God. The self-image is... I'm going to get everything I can. I'm going to steal pleasures. I'm going to sneak pleasures. I'm going to sneak enjoyment. God doesn't believe they're good for me, uh, but I'm going to try to get what I can, right? Because God doesn't want me to have good things. He doesn't want me to have things I enjoy. So I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to whatever I can get. I have to be careful with this robber God not to overstep so that he won't take any more good things away from me, right? Sometimes you'll see that robber God image in firefighter parts. All right, so the vain Pharisee God, this is the fourth one. The God image is a God who's absorbed in his own might and power. He's absorbed in his own goodness and beauty, his own knowledge and strength. God takes credit for everything. Only goodness comes from him. Only badness comes from me. And then the self-image with this one is that I'm expected to humiliate myself before God so that his glory can be magnified. And the part that holds this God image doesn't believe that that he or she is worth any esteem from God. God doesn't praise that part. He's not invested in that part. That part's not important to him, except for how that part can praise and glorify God. Right? The main thing to remember in this, in this self-image that this part has is that God needs to be praised and I need to be uh, debased. God is always right and I am always wrong. That's the sort of attitude that parts who have a vain Pharisee God image have about themselves. Next one, the fifth one, the elite aristocrat God. 
Now, this one is where God considers himself to be too lofty, too holy, too good, too perfect to connect with the likes of some part like me. God has a superior attitude, doesn't need this part, doesn't care about this part. He operates in an entirely different plane. He's up in the sky. There's mere mortals like me. Mere mortal parts like me just don't matter. And so there's this whole idea of getting the cold shoulder from God. And the part sees himself or herself as born under an ill-fated star. God doesn't associate with low-class parts like me. God doesn't even notice me. I'm so beneath him. On the rare occasions when God notices me, it's mostly to criticize me. So there's no point in praying. You know, prayers just get lost in the void. God doesn't need me for anything. He doesn't really want me to be around. If he knows me, he knows me from afar, and he doesn't really like me. That's the sort of self-image that a part who holds the elite aristocrat God image is going to have. All right, so the pushy salesman God. Here's the God image that God is demanding. He wants to force me to do things his way, tries to shape me into his mold, doesn't respect my boundaries, doesn't respect my limits. He's going to trick me with his dazzling smile and veneer of friendliness. And if that doesn't work, he's going to force me to get what he wants. It's no cooperation or collaboration with God. It's his way or the highway. The demand is for conformity. That's the God image of a pushy salesman God that parts can hold. And then if a part holds that God image, then it's also going to see itself as, you know, not having any value unless, unless the part is dancing the steps that God has laid out for that part. Uh, this part often feels used in following this God bereft and rejected if that part doesn't follow God, can't set any limits or boundaries with God, have to be vigilant to keep God from manipulating me. It's not safe to be close to God, but I can't do without him. I am distrustful and suspicious of him. The part says I have to keep one eye on him at all times because he's a sneak. And there's an underlying message of I'm really worthless and I'm deserving of being used or abused. Right. So the, um, Seventh one is the magic genie God, and this is a God image in which God will give the part what the part wants if the part does what God wants him to do, right? So it goes like this. This is what a part holding the magic genie God image would say. If I follow the right steps, if I follow the right formula, I get what I want from God. God's kind of like a vending machine. If I provide the right inputs, if I insert my spiritual quarters, I get the spiritual and material merchandise that I desire. So it's a very transactional relationship with God. If I do what God wants me to do, then he bestows the best blessings I want. I scratch his back, he scratches my back. And the self-image of a part like that is, I feel I'm not worth being loved by God just for me. I have to do these things. I have to perform in a certain way. I have to give God what he wants in order to get God to love and help me. I'm not entitled to anything. I don't have a right to claim blessings because they're only available because of the transactional nature of the relationship. That's the magic genie God image and the corresponding self-image. Now, let's say a part has the demanding drill sergeant God. This is the eighth kind. A part with that God image might say, God always wants more and more from me. He is never satisfied. And when I don't perform correctly, he's very punitive. He has no tolerance for errors, no mercy, no compassion. 
Right? And the self-image that that part has is a sense of inadequacy, a shame-based image, sense of being defective, needing to earn God's love and never quite getting there, and I must always be at my best. So the ninth one is the out-to-get-you police detective God. And this part with this God image would say, God is caught up in demanding perfection from me. God sees me. He sees me all the time. He watches me carefully. He's always looking for when I'm going to make mistakes, and he holds my sins against me. He's legalistic. His vigilance never ceases. He never misses my smallest errors or imperfection, and he tallies all of them up, great and small. He is stingy with forgiveness. My offenses are never blotted out. He focuses on exacting justice, carefully measured out. That's the out-to-get-you police detective God image. And a part with this image is going to see himself or herself as nervous about making mistakes. Part would say, I have to be cautious. I don't get second chances. I don't feel accepted because I'm imperfect. I've always got to be on guard, vigilant, and monitoring. And I'm always uh, like a hamster on the wheel of moral perfection, striving towards faultlessness and perfect virtue. But I never make it, no matter how fast I run on the wheel. The tenth one is the unjust dictator God. And in a part with this God, God image would say that God is very powerful, but he's unjust. He's unfair. He's arbitrary in the way that he blesses and punishes. He even seems to shower good things on those who act badly. And he doesn't punish those who hurt me, those who persecute me. The self-image of that part, it's, it feels like I always get a raw deal from God. No matter how hard I try to love him and obey him, it must be that I deserve to be punished by God. God loves others, but why doesn't he love me? What's so bad about me? Maybe I don't deserve God's care and protection. That's what a part with an unjust dictator God image might say. And then the 11th one, the marshmallow God. So a part with this God image says, God is nice, but he's also kind of weak and incompetent. God, God's very soft. He's quiet. He's passive. And when others harm me or persecute me, he doesn't safeguard me. He doesn't advocate for me. He doesn't defend me. He just wants me to take it and turn the other cheek. God doesn't want conflict. He wants to be liked. And he's likely to follow those who control him or dominate him. And then the self-image of a part with a marshmallow God image is like this. When others take advantage of me, God believes it would be wrong for me to stand up for myself. I should be passive like God is. If I set limits and boundaries on others' behaviors, that wouldn't be good. It would be wrong for me to move away from my dependency. And since I'm helpless, I need to stay away from danger and hide from trouble as best I can. And then number 12 is the critical Scrooge God. And a part with this God image would say, God doesn't extend himself to help me. No, God's highly critical. He cuts me down with disparaging remarks. He's got a condescending tone. He tells me I won't make it. I won't succeed. I just won't be able to rise to the challenge and, and, be, and make myself even minimally acceptable to him. And the self-image of this part with a critical Scrooge God image is going to say, I'm never good enough for this God. I never satisfy him. I'm no good. I struggle with shame. I'm so inadequate. God gives me the minimal amount of help so that if I did things just right, I just might succeed. It's theoretically possible I could succeed, but I'm never able to in practice. My efforts are never enough. Thirteenth negative God image is the party pooper God. And a part with that party pooper God image would say something like this. God is depressing. He's downbeat. He's pessimistic. 
He disapproves. He's unhelpful. He keeps giving me the message that my efforts won't work, I won't succeed, that I won't make it no matter how hard I try. This God tells me that my hopes and dreams are foolish, that I am dust and ashes, that I don't amount to anything, and God seems unconcerned about the effect of these messages on me. And the self-image of a part with a party pooper God image is like this. I feel hopeless. I don't feel worthy of having a God-given purpose in life. There's no special plan for me. I don't understand why God wants to shut down good things when they seem to start happening. I don't know why life seems so hard for me. I feel singled out for being dumped on. I feel very disconnected from God, like he doesn't really see how his negativity affects me. I have very low motivation, low levels of hope. I'm afraid to hope for being disappointed yet again, and nothing works out the way I want it to. And then the last one, the 14th one, is the heartbreaker God. And here's what a a part holding a heartbreaker God image might say. God breaks his promises to me. He raises my hopes high and then dashes them back down to the earth. He draws me in to trust him. And then when I need him and when I seek him and when I'm vulnerable, he is nowhere to be found. I put my fragile self into his hands and he, te- and he treats me casually, carelessly, thoughtlessly. I get hurt. I get wounded. I get discarded. Right? And the self-image of a part that holds the heartbreaker God image is, is like this. I feel like Charlie Brown running up to the football. The heartbreaker God is like Lucy who yanks the ball away at the last second and I wind up on my back again looking up at the sky and wondering why I ever trusted God again. Why does God treat me this way? Why doesn't he have mercy on me? Why doesn't he care for me? Why doesn't he follow through on his promises to me? What's wrong with me? Right. So there we have a little sample of the different from Bill and Christy Gaultier uh, with some of my elaborations on them. And let's go ahead and do an exercise now. I'm going to do an exercise to help you get in touch with your parts' problematic God images. Really what we're going to be doing here is focusing on, on trailheads, just identifying a little bit about the God images that each of your parts hold when they're not in right relationship with you, when they're not in right relationship with you as your core self. And so it's handy to have your parts journals here or your parts maps, ways to record things, get your writing instruments. We want to really focus on safety here because, again, addressing God images can be very activating for parts. Not that I expect that anything is going to tilt out of control, but I do want you to be aware of where you are in your window of tolerance. Notice whether you're getting sympathetic arousal, moving up into an area of fight or flight, or dropping down into hypoarousal into a dorsal vagal uh, freeze response, shutting down, numbing out, dissociating, those kinds of things. If this gets to be too much, you obviously want to slow it down, stop the recording, reground yourself, and work on it in a way that is safer for you. That may be with your therapist, or it may be in some other way that is helpful and useful to you. So I'm going to invite your protectors to know that you can check out of this at any point. There's no obligation to continue with this. Uh, they can let you know uh, when they're having some potential issues, if they do. And I'm going to invite you to bring the parts of you together that would like you to know something about their God images, how they understand God. And to that end, I'm going to invite you to 
imagine in your mind's eye a conference table. A conference table which is big enough for any part of you that would like to come and have a seat. And what we're going to do, if it's safe enough for your protectors, and again, any part can veto this if they're not okay with it, we're going to first of all invite any part that comes to the table to be welcome. All parts are welcome. We're going to insist, though, that parts not overwhelm with the intensity of their affect, that they not flood. So in order to participate in this, parts have to agree that they're not going to over that they're not going to overwhelm you that they're not going to flood you with the intensity of their experience. We really are just going to get one word or one phrase or one image from each part about how that part sees God. That's really what we're doing here. We're looking for trailheads. We're not going to work through any parts of God image right now, but we are going to connect with at a beginning level where parts are with regard to how they see God. And so I'm going to invite you to just check in with your protectors, see if any of them have any concerns about just hearing one word or one phrase or seeing one image, or it could be some, some way that a part wants to communicate something about its God image, but very brief and very short and something that you could follow up with in your work with your therapist or in your inner circle or on your own in your check-ins with those parts in the future. So we're taking a sort of high-level survey of different parts of God images. And so if it's okay to proceed, I'm going to invite you to have a big open heart to all of your parts. A lot of openness and receptivity. If parts are good with you recognizing them and knowing who they are, excellent. That's helpful. If parts are shy about that, we don't necessarily have to have that. So parts don't necessarily have to reveal their identities to you. But I'm just going to invite you to ask each part this question. Who is God to you? Who is God to you? And if it's helpful, write down the responses. Once you get that word or that phrase or that image from one part, thank the part, move on to the next part with the same question. Who is God to you? 
who is God to you? So feel free to pause this recording as you go around the circle asking that question, who is God to you? And then when you're done with that, go ahead and start up the recording again. Okay, so we've been able to make this circuit of asking our parts around the conference table who God is to them getting an idea of their God images, right? Now remember parts God images can fluctuate depending on how connected they are with the core self. The least connected they are, the more that their distorted God images are going to be prominent, the more connected they are, the greater vision they're going to have, the greater perspective they're going to have, because they're going to be able to access you as self and also the perspectives of, of other parts. So going to invite you to take you know one or two or more of those God images and begin to work that into your daily parts check-ins to be able to start working with your parts about God images. That's so critical. We want to be able to love the Lord our God with our whole heart. And the way I interpret that is with all of our parts, with all of our being, with every single fiber of our being, with every thought, with every assumption, with every belief, with every emotion, with every desire, with every attitude, with all that is within us to be oriented toward loving God. And working with parts and with parts God images is one of the very best ways that I know of to help us to be able to offer more and more of ourselves in love to God. Because then, because it doesn't make sense to worship any of these negative God images that we've talked about in this seventh episode of Many Parts, One Love, all about parts and their God images. So with that, I want to thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for, for the time. Thank you for doing good work with your parts. And we'll invoke our patroness and our patron. Our Lady, Our Mother, Untire of Knots. Pray for us. St. John the Baptist. Pray for us.